Coming to you on some serious tape delay via a podcast near you. From that hockey hotbed of San Jose, California, it's Dudes on Hockey. He is now accepting callers. He is calling me Dude. And now your hosts, Mike and Doug. Hey there, and welcome to the Dudes on Hockey Podcast. I'm Mike, that's Doug. Dude, before we get started, do you mind if we do a quick warm-up? Okay. Me, 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 me. Rubber baby Why are we warming up, dude? Well, dude, I saw you perform in a Rush tribute band. That's true. Last weekend. If you ever have wanted to see Michael play the bass, do effects on a, a computer... Play the keyboard and sing incredibly unnaturally high vocals. It's true. Wow. Usually I leave the unnaturally high vocals to you. <gasps> it was impressive, dude. I've got to say um, you did a great job, dude. Thank and, you, dude. Uh, hopefully uh, you will be doing it again. I'm glad we're telling the listeners after the show is already passed. Well, you know, got to make sure it goes well. <laughs> this is true. Before you start publicizing. You really your, never know. Yeah. You know. Have, you really have never a bunch know. of uh, listeners come check out a show, and then you go on stage and you do this. <laughs> and then they leave a bunch of bad iTunes reviews. <laughs> well, that happens anyways. We'll get to that later. <laughs> nay, 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 nay. Dude, reviews on the Sharks. Dude, the reviews on the first place Sharks? The reviews on the first place Sharks, dude. So, first of all, Sharks are in first place. In what has turned out to be a incredibly bizarre Pacific Division. Yes. Oh, yes. Not super bizarre. The teams that are not good, LA and the Ducks, we both thought were not going to be that good. Or at least I definitely thought the Ducks weren't going to be that good. Right. I am surprised the Kings are as bad as they are, but they're just straight up bad. Right? And they've already fired but their Vancouver coach. Vancouver is in second place. Right. But please, dude, dude. I know. That's not going to hold. Like, I know. I know. That's not going to hold, okay? It's just weird. It, actually, it is the, weird. The whole Pacific Division is super weird. Like, the Sharks are plus two in goal differential, and that's right. the best in the division. Right. <laughs> Which well, is insane. Well, Vancouver is second in the division. They have one fewer point than we do, and they're minus six in goal differential. That is just, that's just wacky. Right. It's just what Calgary is third, and they're dead even in goal differential and then you yeah. look at other divisions like you know tampa bay or something who is you know the class of the east right now they're plus 14 makes sense nashville plus 19 makes sense sure number one teams right okay but like tampa's only two points ahead of the sharks and you know in the standings and nashville's only four points it's not like there's some giant gap it's just it's between just weird these teams it is weird well the sharks have been running hot and cold dude and very much so they find a way to beat you know nashville twice and then they also find a way to lose to the rangers twice yeah. so yeah. you know this team as we thought at the beginning of the year it was you gonna mean take the some time. third place new york rangers <laughs> Ooh. Dude. oh maybe they're not so bad third place oh they're uh seven two and one in their last 10 dude maybe they're not so bad they're pretty bad um <laughs> dude we lost to st louis last place yeah, st. Louis. st louis okay like uh, yeah there's last a place bunch st of... louis that is plus one and goal difference sure <laughs> yeah there's some weird stuff going on dude they, they were like like 18 games into the season. Right. right? You know, we're not even at the quarter mark. You would expect to see some weirdness. Sure. And the Sharks have not even come close to realizing their potential. We've seen it 
in fits and starts. We've seen what this team is capable of. We've seen, um, you know, maybe their best overall effort against Calgary. Um, although the Nashville game in Nashville was pretty impressive too. Um, last night was super entertaining yeah. against Nashville. Not their best overall effort. They, Certainly not. You know, ran ahead three nothing. Then they got waxed, and it was four three. And I thought they were dead in the water. I, I just it was, was over. This is. They're not going to be able to, to, to come back. Martin Jones makes an amazing save. He's gotten hung out to dry on two-on-ones all year. Yep. And he has not come up with the big save. Last night he did. On You know, he made a save with his glove. You know, I, I would have preferred him to catch that instead of have it knuckling into the corner. But <laughs> yeah. well, either gonna... way, he stopped it. And then Marcus Sorensen basically got involved in the two winning goals. Um, and the Sharks win the game. They score twice in what felt like a blink of an eye and all of a sudden they they're ahead and they hold on and they survive a furious two minutes of you know six on five and um you know the sharks are their own worst enemy when they lose you know it's usually based on mistakes that are fully correctable and one of them happened last night when Timo Meyer, with like 30 seconds left, decided to try and score an empty net goal all the way from his end. Yeah. And it was an icing. Yep. That was stupid. Yep. And it could have cost them the game. He should have just chipped it away and got a line change. Instead, he went for the home run and it could have cost them the game. And so there's things like that. Last night, two on ones, high turnovers, you know, things Philip that... Philip Forsberg breakaway. Right. Like you can't... Those are the those, that's how most of the other teams are scoring their goals, or especially last night. That's how they got scored. Yeah, and they're preventable things. You know, uh, high turnovers twice. You know, um, having sh- high shots blocked, like not getting a shot through from the point. Yeah, and having it dribble past you, and then the forward uses their speed and catches up and scores. Right. You know, um, these are correctable things that, you know, dude. We're, we're just talking about this. This team has really only played together at full strength. Actually, you know what? I don't know if they have. Have they? Maybe two times. Yeah. Because before Joe Thornton got hurt, now Hurdle's hurt mm-hmm. again. I don't know what happened last night. Yeah. Carlson's new. Kane is still new. Sorensen is new to this role. Sumela's new. Goudreau hasn't been necessarily a regular player like this. All the D is playing with different people. It's being yeah. mixed around. Joe Thornton hasn't really played with this team for eight months. Yeah. So it's unfair to think that they're really just going to all of a sudden look like a cup winner. And then when you look at their last eight games, they lose two, they win two, they lose two, they win two. I mean, that's kind of what this team is right now. It's trying to figure its way. Sure. And it's fun reading the threads because, uh, you know, common threads on The Athletic and other places where people are really down on Eric Carlson, <laughs> which is which is fun. We should talk about that in a second. But, dude, let's talk a, a little bit about some of these games. I mean, certainly the Dallas and St. Louis losses were probably the two most disappointing losses of the season back-to-back. The, yeah, I mean, the St. Louis yes, game was just a... That was really... That was... That was a cluster. That was a bad, bad game to lose that game to St. Louis who's not playing well. Yeah, they're not good. Um... That was a bad loss. The Dallas loss, I found respectable. That Dallas is not a bad team. No. And that was on the road. Okay, you lost four to three. Okay, like that's the type of loss that you can you can deal with. You know, um, losing to Dallas on the road. And they lose. You know, and they 
and then they beat Minnesota, who's in second place right now. They look good, like they always do in the regular season. The Sharks, the Sharks' record against the best teams is really good. Yeah, they've beaten Nashville twice. They beat Minnesota. They uh, they beat the Flyers twice, right? Yep. Um, and they beat Calgary. Right? They beat the Islanders. Yep. Dude, look where the Islanders are in the standings. No way. Second place. No kidding. Yeah. So they have struggled against the poorer teams. Yeah. Right. Um, so, okay. Like this, I think will correct itself throughout the season where you're just a little bit, I'm, I'm not concerned. I'm not concerned. Yeah. Like, I think, you know, we can get into Eric Carlson if you want. Yeah, we have to, because this scene, if there's a single topic that, this is the single biggest topic that I see, you know, people responding to on comment threads and people commenting about on my Facebook feed. Not that that's a really good representation of anything, but it seems like a lot of people are not exactly buyer's remorse about Carlson, but some people are full on like trying to pull the ripcord on this guy. Like, let's get him out of here. <laughs> trade insane. him. insane. And, and one person, I, I can't remember if it was on like the dudes on hockey Facebook page or like on a comment thread or something. They're like, trade him to the East. First of all, we don't want to trade him to the East because then we got to give up another first round pick. Right. So we can't trade him to the East. <clears throat> right. Um, but yet everyone's will willing to basically just like throw this guy out of an airlock playing less than a quarter of a season. Talk, talk these people down, dude. Um, this is one of the best players in the game. This is asinine <laughs> yeah. to even think that you would give him away. The Sharks did not invest all of these assets and be willing to throw him out the window after 19 games. I mean, if you look at, okay, he has not been great, right? But take a look at this, dude. The Sharks have won 10 games. In those games, he has seven points, and he's a plus seven, okay? Right. So let's say, you know, the Sharks go 80 and oh, right? <laughs> so that means he'd have 56 points, right? Right. Okay, he plays well when the Sharks win. Not quite at his statistical level, but that's not going to happen. I mean, he's sharing the load. Right. Brent Burns is, you know, the alpha dog of that D. Yep. When they lose, the Sharks nine losses. Eric Carlson has one point, and he has a minus 16. Wow. So that tells the story, right? Right, right. When Carlson plays well... The Sharks win. Yep. When Carlson plays poorly, yeah. the Sharks lose. lose. Yeah. And I just, I, I can't believe that the minus 16 player is the one that we're going to see the majority of the time. Right. That's not going to be that guy. And even if you look at the season as a whole, right? If we look at some advanced statistics, if we look at like Corsi percentage, which is a, a pretty good metric that, that goes with right possession okay yeah. so almost everybody on the sharks is over 50 percent, which right. means the sharks are driving a lot of possession as a team which is great and that's exactly what you want this is a winning team right now sure they're in first place you wouldn't necessarily expect everybody to be over 50 percent, but it's right. kind of amazing okay the only one not Gil dylan gambrell who's like 25 percent, but he only played like one game trade him <laughs> yeah trade him get him out but eric carlson is fourth on the team in course percentage he is even though he has had some bad plays, as we all readily admit. He's had some giveaways. He's had some stuff where you, you scratch your head and you clench your jaw and you go, oh, I wish I didn't see that. 
He is still driving percentage to uh, driving possession to the tune of 59.2 Corsi percentage, which means almost 60% of the shots taken while he's on the ice are shots taken by the Sharks. That is extremely impressive. This player isn't a mirage, everybody, right? I mean, I think the majority of listeners understand this. Eric Carlson wasn't a benefit of playing on the Ottawa Senators, and now that he's on another team is all of a sudden not good. Right. Like that. Right. He's been exposed. He was, you know, um, the Jimmer Fredette of, <laughs> of hockey, right? Who's wow. like Jimmer Fredette scoring 75 points in the Chinese Basketball League when right. you put him in the NBA and all of a sudden he's below average, can't even play, right? right? That's not what this is. Um, we got to get give us some time, everybody. Put it in the crock pot of patience and let it simmer. This if, guy is going to be part of the reason why the Sharks might win a cup this year. It's going to happen. There's one thing that I am a little bit uncomfortable with, especially after seeing them play uh, for for as long as it has, which is not very long, as we said previously, which is something you mentioned before, is that the defensive core has been shuffled around. The pairings do not seem to be exactly working for me right now. I think the Yoakam Ryan and Brent Burns thing works. We saw that last year. That's going okay. I am the one thing though, I am not sure that Eric Carlson should be playing with Brendan Dillon. I like Brendan Dillon. I probably like Brendan Dillon more than most Sharks fans do. I really have a soft spot in my heart for Brendan Dillon. But I'm not sure that's the right pair. That's not the right partner for for Eric Carlson. And I understand you want a defensive stalwart next to him if that's if that's the idea. But I'm not sure that's the right that's the right twosome. You know your, what I mean? Your uh, statistics that you just used would actually disagree with you. I know. Brendan Dillon is the highest rated Corsi percentage defenseman on the Sharks in 19 games. And don't you think that has something to do with playing at least half of his games with Eric Carlson? I'm sure that's that's what that is. I mean, he if you look at Brendan Dillon in previous season, he doesn't have percentages like that. Well, Vlasic and Carlson in a short sample size was not good. Like that didn't work. Right. It was, you know, and Vlasic was noticeably not himself. And I think they needed to get that group back together of Braun and Vlasic. And um, I think by reputation, I could understand why you would be concerned about that. Just, you know, Dylan is a third pairing guy. And right. Carlson is a number one defenseman, but um, I think it... That just seems like a mismatch to me. I I haven't noticed it not work on the ice yet. Like, I think in theory, it sounds like it could be dangerous. And maybe also in a larger sample size, it will not be as effective as it has been. But there hasn't been a collective, like... I haven't noticed collective gaffes between the two of them where you go, yeah, you know what? Them together, bad idea. Unfortunately, <laughs> I see where you're going. Uh, they're, they're talented enough that they'll be able to uh, overcome this. So now uh, I see Michael has pulled up the statistics for um, future Hall of Famer Mark Mathot. <laughs> uh Yes, no. Well, I mean, he played with Carlson, right? Sure. So, in Ottawa. So I wanted to see, you know, and he and I think they played together quite a lot. So I, I wanted to see sort of some of his statistics while he was in Ottawa. And they're not 
really outlandish. You know, he had good plus minus, which is kind of amazing for a team that, for the most part, wasn't great during his tenure there. And obviously, it it hasn't been great once he left Ottawa either. But I guess you know, I was I was trying to do a Brendan Dillon, Mark Mathot comparison, and I guess you know they're they're not that far off each other. So maybe I'm I'm talking myself into this pairing a little bit more. But that's the one thing he he doesn't look settled. If I had to, no, I don't. It, think he doesn't necessarily look settled. Oh, I don't think that he is. I think that the the Sharks forward lines are not settled with Joe Thornton in there. Like I mean, I think that there were some. There seemed to be some real chemistry with him and Marcus Sorensen. I mean, like, that was, holy smokes. I mean, like, that play was incredible. And I don't think I've ever seen Joe shoot the puck with such conviction. Right. I mean, like, he was going to nail that. It was fun watching him lumber up the ice, too. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that was a cool moment. and The 400th goal by Joe Thorne. Fortunately, this team is talented enough that they have the time to figure out what the right pairings are what the right lines are what's the right chemistry here they're deep enough that if hurdle is hurt like they have the talent to absorb something like that or when joe thornton was out the team didn't go fall completely off the map like other teams were when they lose you know one of their top players and it's they haven't hit their stride and they're not going to be as good as they will be later but the team is not going to be 500 at the end of the year. I mean, I've, I've just seen way more positive than I have negative. And I believe Eric Carlson will come out of this. I believe that Martin Jones will be more like he was against Calgary and more like he was in the third period and first period last night instead of... I don't even necessarily blame him for the second period because I mean, he got hung out to dry yeah. twice. And the th- first goal was like a crappy... yeah goal like it wasn't even a it's ugly this is the puck just dribbled right to i think it was johansson he just yeah. like very casually put it in the net like right, it right. wasn't his fault so martin jones will be better and make more of those big saves and the chemistry of this team will improve and eric carlson dude we're gonna look on back back on this we're gonna laugh, laugh, and laugh. we're gonna laugh oh remember when we wanted to make brent burns a forward <laughs> Right. right remember that remember that dude i'm also looking at the the 2015-16 season which i think this is something that uh, kurz might have mentioned in an article on saturday january 9th actually on thursday january 7th this and remember this is the year the sharks went to the cup finals the sharks were 18 18 and 2 Right. They were a fi- below 500 team if you don't, you know, if you count overtime losses, right? right. This right. is a 500 team at the start of the new year and right. they ended up going to the cup finals. Right. I am not panicking. You don't want the Vancouver has peaked. They may have peaked for their whole lives <laughs> right now. <laughs> They've peaked right now. It's not going to get better for them playing 500 hockey. That is a young team with some good young players. Really good but players. But they they are not going to be there at the end like that's not going to happen those fans and players should enjoy this moment they will go on some sort of epic losing streak and fall completely out of the race okay yeah like the sharks if they were you know 18 and 2 right now i'd be freaking out actually not from excitement but in that when is the bottom gonna fall out remember the flyers last year or was it columbus who was just like yeah columbus they're like 30 and 2 or something yeah they went on a great run at the wrong time right (laughs) and then all of a sudden 
when it came down to it, they had already had their major moment. And they slid. And we don't want the Sharks to hit that major moment until April, May, and June. That's right. Right? That's what we're playing for. So um, I have confidence in that. I still believe that this is the best... This is the best team the Sharks have ever had. I think that this team collectively is the best group of players. I look up and down their four lines, and all of them can be very dangerous. Um, you've got guys like Sorensen, the emergence of Timo Meyer. Um, you know, those two guys. And we haven't even mentioned guys like Jonas Donskoy, who can score yeah, in bunches. Absolutely. I mean, you've got guys playing up and down the lineup who can score. They're dangerous all over. And that's what Doug Wilson has wanted is to be able to roll four lines. And they have that ability this year by adding, you know, Suomela and to Donskoy and Sorensen is, you know, looked really dangerous last night. And, um, and Timo Meyer has been, you know, went on a great stretch. Right. And I know Kevin LeBanc isn't scoring, but he's very creative. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, if he ends up not being a goal scorer and more of a, you know, he's like channeling his inner Adam Oates right now. Like he's setting guys up. He's made some very creative plays and yeah, he's not scoring goals, but he's still got like 14 points. Yeah. So he's not a bust. He's doing other things. He's making it happen and he's involved in positive plays, which is what we want to see. I mean, defensively, the sharks have not been good. They're middle of the road. They're worse than they were last year when they were top 10 and they're worse than they were two years ago when they were top five. So that's got to get better. That's on Martin Jones, mm-hmm. and that's on the decor, which I still think people consider to be one of the best in the NHL, not middle of the pack. Right, right. They take risks, dude. I yeah. mean, when you've got your two best defensemen that are risk-taking 60, 70-point players, they're going to take risks. If these guys can stay healthy in the lineup, and the one thing that really I think is a uh... – this is something we, we sort of talked about as if it would never happen, but it seems like Joe Thorne has found a, a bit of a home. He's only been back a few games, but maybe he's found a bit of a home as that third-line center. If he can play a few fewer minutes, keep himself healthy, and provide a, an element of real danger to that line. And it's just really heartening to see him say stuff in the press like, I don't care who I play with. I just want to yeah. get out there and play. I mean, you know, is this guy's the best player who's ever put on a Sharks uniform. He's a great leader. And clearly he's trying to lead by saying, you know what? I just want to help this team win. And a lot of other guys, if they've been, if they're a Hall of Fame player, playing on the third line wouldn't feel so good. But you know what? I don't know. Maybe he's complaining behind closed doors, but no. I kind of doubt it. I kind of doubt think it. So no. I think he's in it to win it. He wants to win a cup. If they win the cup this year, Joe Thornton will retire. Yeah. Yeah. And I I would and then he'll put never everything shave in my wallet, which is eight again. dollars. I would bet eight dollars on it. <laughs> eight if they win the cup, he's not coming back. Yeah. Why would you? Mission accomplished. You've totally. done every you're a Hall of Famer. Well, maybe because you can make millions of dollars and play hockey for fun. He's made millions of dollars. You can make more millions. No. I think with his body, you know, his knees, yeah. you win the cup, you're done. He could be a shark, you know, ambassador for life, right? I mean, he's always it's he'd true. be hired by the team instantly to yeah. do yeah, I mean, come on, dude. Joe Thornton's gonna be on the broadcast. I, <laughs> I Don't you so. think? Yeah, he'd be in the he'd be he'd be in the he'd be in the freaking booth. Yeah, he'd be amazing. Like I mean, like that kind of stuff. Like, or he'd be in the front office. He he'll be a shark for life, dude. And and it's just it's only going to get better. I mean, I, I mean, the only other concern that I have right now is the health of Tomas Hurdle. 
getting a head injury, and then with this mystery lower body injury, which nobody seems to be able to identify or they're willing to identify what happened. Um, he's been very good when he's played this year. He's been very good. Right. Um, and seemed to finally be getting back to the type of player that he was when he first came in an impact, dangerous scoring forward. I mean, he was a point per game player so far this year. Yeah. The, the one player I'm most worried about, and you know, we've hit upon it only, I'm not gonna, just going to beat up on him, is Martin Jones. He's still not even at 900 save percentage. I mean, both Jones and Aaron Dell have been well below league average. It's it's going to be hard to win a cup with two well below league average goalies. Agreed. but And I think that they need to play better. But like last night's game is the perfect evidence. They're getting hung out to dry multiple times a game. Yeah. Like th- there's so many... Um, odd man rushes and high turnovers from the sharks right now. The players have to cut down on that in order to give themselves a chance to win. And I think that they will, they'll, they'll, they'll play more responsibly as a core. Brent Burns will never be the most responsible player, nor do you want him to be because that is what he does. Right. But yeah, Martin Jones needs to make more big saves. He made one last night and they won the game. Right. Right. So I'm just I'm crossing my fingers on that because I don't want that to turn into a major liability. I don't think it will be. He has enough history in this league, but uh, it has happened where you see you know we saw Pecorine have a have a really tough season a couple seasons ago, and and people were really questioning his ability to stay in the net for Nashville. So I hope that doesn't happen to Jones yeah. this year. He doesn't. We don't need a down year from from Martin so, Jones. So I mean, I'll just quickly you know his save percentages is eight ninety eight. His goals allowed is seven. Is sorry. 279 2.79 and somehow he's nine and four <laughs> right so you know dude like yeah i don't know what to say yeah. like i think in the games where they've lost they've lost bad you know and and aaron dell's got lit up too right they've given but he's played better he's been better than he was for those first couple of weeks where he was really bad mm-hmm. and they were giving up lots of goals martin jones is gonna be okay Dude, dude, I know we got some questions. It's going to be okay. Do you, do you have those? I do, dude. I have the questions. We'll start with an email question that we got here from Matthew. Hey, dudes. Main question. Would love you to delve into the Carlson-Vlasic pairing. Definitely not clicking, at least so far. That, and we saw Vlasic back with Braun in the third period. So this question is a little outdated. So here we go. Do we see more Carlson-Dylan moving forward? Okay, we already answered that. Do you like Burns and Carlson split on the power play together? Dude? Dude, I, I like him split. I want to see one of those dangerous guys on the ice at all times. I know there have been some pretty cool goals with Carlson feeding Burns and Burns in the sort of the Stamkos office, as you might say, or the Ovechkin office, slam in the one-timer as a right-handed shot. Right. Um, I could see that. I'd, I'd like to give... I want to give Eric Carlson a few more offensive opportunities that might give him a little bit more mojo. Mm-hmm. And if he's worrying about feeding Brent Burns, making sure Brent Burns gets touches... Uh, that may need, I may want to split those guys. Uh, yeah, I think it's a good keep, idea. Keep those guys split. Dude, a second part of this question, dude. On a scale of one to 10, how pissed are you that you didn't get the Sharks Fin Factor podcast? They basically stole your shtick. <laughs> I, I, hate to, I hate to break it to you. Who wrote this email? Matthew. I hate to break it to Matthew, but we did not invent this format. <laughs> <laughs> dude, yes, we did. Wait, the two guys in two microphones format? No, I thought no. that was ours. <laughs> I thought, we, I thought we created that. 
<laughs> I think PTI has been on the uh, air since 1947. Um, no, I, I understand they, they, uh, you know, good, good on those guys. They got the, they got the whole YouTube thing going and the so shirt. scale of one to 10 of what mad, how mad are you? What that somebody, I mean, we started this podcast, what, 10 years ago. Yeah. I mean, we're still the longest running. Yeah. I mean, to, to expect no one else would ever enter this very rich marketplace. <laughs> I just, I just can't say that that would never happen. So I'm not, not, I'm one. I'm not pissed at all. Who cares? This is what happens. Dude, I'm an 11. Especially if you, especially I'm, if we podcast like once a month. Like I am an, I am an 11. You're livid. I am livid. I could, I could see that. I am, I am so livid. I can't believe that we got passed over yet again. Dude, yet again, we've been passed over so, so many opportunities. Passed over by who? What? What? What we get? Passed Everyone. Over? The we, athletic. We haven't. Oh, they yeah. never contacted us. Oh, they yeah. went. They went with some sort of established beat writer. Yeah, some sort, sort of, of journalist us, guy. You know who would have known? Um, we got passed over by Hockey Buzz. What? <laughs> Eklund, what's wrong with you, <laughs> dude? Uh, I'm a zero on yeah. the scale of upset. Good on them. There's plenty of room for sharks talk, dude. And um, although I would like to have a fight with them with a trident, <laughs> and you can bring a grenade, yeah, I'll Brick, bring a trident. Brick, you just killed a man. <laughs> All right, dude. Uh, sorry, Matthew. I'm sorry. We're not actually upset. <laughs> <laughs> Peter, Peter on Facebook wrote to us saying, "Dudes, what is going on in the Pacific Division? I think I understand why we clawed our way to the top, but who are these other teams?" Right there with us. The Kings are stuck in the dungeon and the ducks are flapping around. Can you make sense of this, dude? Dude, the Kings made a trade today. Yes. We should talk about that. Yes. The Kings now, they are uh, 5 and 11, mm -hmm. right? They're 3 and 7 in their last 10. They're on a three game losing streak. They fired their coach. They fired their coach. The Kings are balls, basically, mm -hmm. in yeah. a nutshell. And then they traded for Carl Hagland. Yeah. So. They traded their way. Uh, Rob Blake's way of improving this team is by adding an old Kovalchuk, an old Fanuf, and trading for trading a 26-year-old underachieving forward for a 30-year-old underachieving soon-to-be free agent forward. Good times. Good times. Good times for us. Good times for us. Way to go, Kings and Quick is hurt. I hope that you continue to be balls. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing makes me happier to see them bad. The only thing that makes me even happier is to see the Ducks be bad too. Yeah. Yeah. John Gibson has kept this team alive. Um, they are their forward core is essentially um, on life support. You know, Getzloff has been hurt. Perry is out for multiple, you know, weeks, months. Uh, Kessler is balls. Um, they're playing their AHL team, essentially, plus John Gibson. It's funny. It's great. They stink. Amen. I can understand them being bad. I can understand Vegas being bad. We, we spent some time talking about Vegas this offseason, about how we thought they were going to dip, and we've really seen that, even more so than I might have expected. They're they're remember how many goals they scored last year? Yeah. They're not they're, they're not, not scoring at all. No. I mean the Sharks have scored sixty one goals. Vegas has scored forty four. Right. Like And LA has scored thirty four, which yeah! is even, even better. Yeah. They're scoring almost like two goals a game. That's holy it. smokes. The the only thing I can understand, the only thing that really pops out at me, obviously we mentioned earlier, is Vancouver being in second place. We thought Vancouver was gonna be like maybe the worst or 
second yeah. or third worst team in the NHL. Yeah. And there's still plenty of time for them to, to sag out of it. But Calgary is in third place. That doesn't surprise me too much. Edmonton is a little over 500. Doesn't surprise me when you have the best player on earth. Sure. Um, you know, Anaheim sagging, not surprising. Arizona, they're also 500. 500. They're 500. That's good for them. So, sure. you know, th- th- it's it's weird if you look that there's only two teams that have scored more goals than they've allowed in the entire division. The Sharks, who have scored two more goals than they've allowed. And Arizona, who's in sixth place, have scored one more goal than they've allowed. Right. That, to me, is the weirdest <laughs> part of this division. But in terms of their rankings, the only Vancouver being in second place and L.A. being as bad as they are are really the only two things that that make me raise my eyebrows a little bit. And one of these things will change and one of them will stay. Right. Vancouver will not be as good at the end of the year and the Kings will continue to be bad. Yes, I think that's right. Um, so enjoy both of those moments. I mean, the, the Sharks have an opportunity when they finally gel to maybe make a laugher of this division, actually. I mean, yeah. they could pull away to the point um, where it might not be good. Actually, that they don't have much to play for. So I hope that that doesn't happen because they're clearly the best team. I mean, they're the best team in this mm-hmm. division. And it's, I'm, you know, I'm a little worried about Calgary. I think Calgary's pretty good. Yeah. I, I don't trust Mike Smith at all. And I don't think that he can stay healthy. And I don't think that, you know, a 38 year old goaltender dude should be playing in a rush tribute band instead of in the nets. Yeah. <laughs> Woo. Didn't, do, 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 do. didn't we just have like a, did we just have a whole conversation about how Martin Jones is below league average? I don't dude. know, dude. Isn't there something about like glass houses and stones and all this kind of nonsense? Come I mean, Let's see. I was looking up. I don't know what the heck I'm looking at here. This is ridiculous. Um, I thought I was looking at Calgary statistics, but that didn't work out. Let me uh, see if I can find uh, some Calgary statistics, dude, while you uh, fill time. Are there any more questions, dude? That's it. We got two questions. Two people listened. Two people sent questions. Dude, um, we've got some iTunes reviews if you want to pull those up. But oh, I yeah. I got w- your Mike Smith stats. Ooh, 877. Yeah. Nice, Mike uh, Smith. How dare you doubt my Mike Smith knowledge? <laughs> You're really uh, good. Yeah, I know my Mike Smith knowledge. You're really good. And David Riddich, who, which is a name I have only just seen yeah, today. Yeah, he's on fire. Fire. Okay, pull up these reviews, dude. All right. So last podcast, we asked people to fill out some iTunes reviews, which they did, which I am very grateful for. And I've pulled them up. Many of them are excellent. Uh, There was one that I was laughing at last week. Yes. Or last time, rather. From a a really uh, negative review. Done done with heart. Yeah. And it said, just two more morons that don't understand the sport (laughs) at all. Typical clueless Californians, which I laughed at at the time and I thought was funny. That was funny. And now... I come to find out after that podcast where I mentioned iTunes reviews, this person added another sentence, which makes this whole review distinctly less funny. (laughs) It's really a lot less funny. So that tells me two things. One, this person, not a comedic genius. (laughs) Second of all, they listened to our last show because they clear. I think they updated their review after they did the last show. So they're claiming to not like it, but apparently they liked it enough, right? That they to listened to the next episode. And we mentioned the iTunes thing at the end, so they yeah. listened all the way to the end. Some people love to hate us, dude. I, I like <laughs> that means we've really made one it. star. How dare you call us blonde? One You've listened star. twice. Two more morons. Uh, anyway, yeah, uh, but lots of really really positive reviews. I thank you. There's a lot of ones that have been added. I think we have over 100 reviews now. <laughs> Our average is still five stars all the way up, which is awesome. Yes. If more, if other people have not left reviews and they want to, I'm not going to stop you. 
that would be great. I do uh, appreciate the funny ones. Uh, someone named uh, Son of It said, Mike does analytics and makes horrible predictions every draft. <laughs> Doug is a homer and thespian who makes you feel good about the Sharks. And to that, I'd say, tough but fair. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Actually, absolutely. I'd say, I'd say that's... Keep going. Maybe that should be our tagline. That, that, that could be like the tagline of the podcast. Mike, analytics, horrible predictions. <laughs> Two good friends talking hockey and reliving the glory days of seeing Dan Boyle in a Dudes on Hockey t-shirt. What's not to like? Absolutely, exactly. dude. I like this one uh, from that's... Grizzly Bear Mom. Mike and Doug are great to listen to. Knowledgeable, funny, witty, self-deprecating, and all about my sharks. They are the goofy brothers I never had. That's a little bit too positive. Oh, I like dude. the ones with the backhanded compliments. It's warm compliment. and fuzzy. I know. It's warm and fuzzy. I do like the backhanded compliment ones. Um, there's someone who took the opportunity in their podcast review to take a bunch of shots at Evander <laughs> Kane, which I also thought was really yeah. entertaining. It's a, uh, quite a quite a long. Well, just it's a paragraph. It's, I love the title of it though. What's the title? It's mostly good. It's mostly good. <laughs> <laughs> that is good. That's awesome. Thank you so much, and everybody, then, for uh, writing those reviews, and um, we appreciate it. We do appreciate it. From from two mental teenagers, <laughs> you know, we're just hanging on by a thread. Guilty as charged. Yeah. Okay, so dude, coming up, we have a lot of games that uh, I think are very, very winnable. I don't see any games, maybe in the next 10, yeah. that are, cre- are really top flight teams. We have Toronto missing Austin Matthews and William Nylander. We have St. Louis, who is in the cellar of their division. We have Edmonton, who's behind us. We have Vancouver, that we don't believe in. All those games at home. We have Vegas on the road, and we have Buffalo, and we have Toronto again, and we have Ottawa. And we have, I mean, these are all winnable games. Like, none of these games are like, you know, Winnipeg and Tampa Bay and all sure. these things. These are all like teams that are not great. Yeah. This could be the Sharks' rebound opportunity right now. Absolutely. And certainly, I know Toronto has put a lot of, I think I saw on TSN or something. Oh, you know, Mitch Marner says, we need to get Patrick Marlowe a win in San Jose. We're so disappointed we didn't win last time we were there. <sighs> oh, man. Oh, I mean, they're they're going to play hard. That's going to be a fun game. It is. For sure. Be. No question. But uh, without Austin Matthews and without William Nylander, the Sharks are better than Toronto. They should beat them. So it should be entertaining. Wouldn't be surprising if that was another 5-4 barn burner. Right. You know? No, it's uh, you know Toronto's a very good team. It's too bad they're missing Austin Matthews because you kind of like to see the the cream of uh, the crop, and they're, it's going to be the only time I think they're going to be in San Jose this season. Yeah, they're good, not good enough to be picked by you in in the Vegas draft, <laughs> but not enough for me to but, be even listed. But but good. <laughs> I didn't even list him uh, in my Vegas draft. I'll take the Philadelphia Flyers. That's how smart I am. I'll take the Flyers. Who cares? Give me the Flyers. They have an ex Maple Leaf in JVR. He's not even going to play on one of them. I could Put him on the team. Hmm. Should I take the second best player in the NHL? Or should I take a team that was smart enough to trade for Steve Mason? Oh, <laughs> give me Steve Mason. I'll take Steve it's Mason. An easy call. Oh, <laughs> forget about Mason. All right, dude. Peter Morazic. All right, so uh, in summary, <laughs> yes. don't panic about no, Carlson. No, nothing, nothing to see here. And I think you're right. You, you could... Be looking into the future right now. The Sharks have an opportunity to go on quite a roll here, and this could be where the team really comes together. I think health is key, but I, I'm really hoping that maybe we can see uh, the real Martin Jones please stand up in these next 10 games and see a good, consistent performance from him and see the D improve. That's what we want to see first. Go Sharks. Yeah.
show? Want to get your questions on the air? Email questions at dudesonhockey.com. Dudes on Hockey is not affiliated with the San Jose Sharks organization or the National Hockey League.